0: Logistics um, worship was so amazing it was yeah. Good. yeah thank you guys for being here and doing that it was really sweet um, so yeah just as Brock said my name's Harrison Brashears. Um, I'm a Bible study leader and a worship leader in the college and young adult ministry here um, my wife Jaden is here as well um, and I got to kind of get to know a few of you guys just a little earlier, um, and uh, yeah, we all go to church together. I know that like sometimes the ministry fellowships can feel segregated off, um, but uh, my wife and I are uh, always available for anything that, that you all need. Um, we both graduated from high school in 2019, which was like something like almost four years ago, which feels weird because I still feel like a high school student. I don't feel like I've matured any past that, even though I probably have. Um, but yeah, so I'm super excited to be here. I feel like really, really blessed to um, to be able to kind of share what God has done in my life. Um, so before I really get into things, Brock, what uh, what's my... What's the time constraint here again? Um, uh, we leave here at 10.30. Whatever you... Okay. So we've got, we've, got we've got plenty of time. I probably will not use all of that time. Um, we'll probably spend some time maybe in groups or just talking with each other at the end um, and kind of just thinking about application and what um, God has been showing us in his word. Um, but what I really want to do today is kind of talk through my testimony of salvation. I was saved when I was Uh, going into my junior year of high school, and that junior year and senior year of high school were so important for me in establishing myself in the faith, and in my mind, that looked like learning a lot of, or I thought that that looked like learning a lot of different things, and perfecting a lot of different skills, and what I learned that it was so much more about the work that God was doing in me as I just brought my weaknesses and my insecurities and my heart to him. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And um, I'm going to pray again just because um, I need God's blessing on my life. We need God's blessing on our hearts to hear his word. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you, God. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your word this morning. God, I pray that the the verses and the passages that we read um, that you would uh, you would bring about faith in our hearts through them Lord your word is uh, is a sword and it divides our flesh from your spirit Lord it shows us what we need to adjust how we need to live how we need to obey you Lord and so I pray you would just give us hearts that are ready to obey whether the things that you're showing us are are big or they're small lord so we thank you for this time we ask it in christ's name amen so before uh, i get into kind of sharing my story um, if you have a bible or if you've got the bible app on your phone we're going to turn to james chapter 4 here really really uh, quick And uh, we're going to start here in verse uh, 6. It says, But he, this is God, he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts. You double minded. So, this is a passage that we're kind of going to be using as our frame of reference for this morning. Especially that phrase, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Because this was a theme for my life um, as I learned the gospel, I got saved, and I started walking with Christ. Um, it always came back to, am I drawing nigh to the Lord? Am I in whatever season I'm in, in whatever circumstance I'm in, in whatever feeling I'm feeling, am I bringing that to the Lord? Am I being honest with Him and open with Him? And am I being honest about what His Word is saying about those things that I am thinking or feeling? So, um, to start my story off, uh, between my ages of kind of 16 to 19, I saw God change my life. And the lives of people around me in a really undeniable and incredible way. And throughout all of that time, I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I kind of still don't know what I'm doing, honestly. I didn't achieve any sort of like spiritual trophy during that time of my life. Um, but I saw God work in so many incredible ways because I was walking with the Lord. And I decided to obey God and invest my faith. And there was fruit. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, And I want to impress upon all of us that God can still do that in my life, and he can do that in your life too, no matter where you're at. So um, to start my story off, in 2016, I was 15 years old. So I was like a sophomore-ish in high school. And... I was really involved at my church youth group. I listened to a lot of music. I still listen to a lot of music. That's kind of my main hobby. I was doing theater, I was doing choir, and I was spending a lot of time with my girlfriend at the time. And I don't know, I don't know if you all have had this experience of like your first, like you feel like you're falling in love with some random person in high school, and it's just like all of the feelings, all of the emotions just exploding. That was what was going on in my life. And My life was really good, or at least I thought my life was really good. And I was just having fun. I was enjoying being a teenager and all of these things that I was doing in school. Um, But the feelings that I had for this girl that I was with, uh, they started to dominate my life. And when that relationship came to an end, I was starting to feel... These feelings of emptiness and hopelessness and depression that I had never had to grapple with before. And it was in those feelings that my, the faith that I thought that I had kind of crumbled. And I discovered what sin could do in my life as a lost man at the time. Um, and so as I moved forward in depression and anxiety and sin, this feeling of shame rose up in my life. And I didn't know what to do, so I kind of thought that I could just that was the person that I was going to be. And I was just thinking, man, maybe you know, maybe I could still go to church, maybe I could still just be involved in youth group and the youth group praise band and all that stuff, but maybe I maybe I could just sneak sneak by without actually having a relationship with God. I wasn't going to be an agnostic, or an atheist, or fully come out as not believing, but I didn't want to obey what God had set before me. And I wasn't even sure if I knew what God had set before me. Um, But the more that I lived in that sin, uh, regret and shame and fear just continued to mount in my life. And... During the spring and the early summer season, I guess, of 2017, my youth pastor at the time at the church that I was going to with my family invited me to go to camp, which was kind of like the big thing that we did when uh, I was in high school. We would go to camp every summer, and he was like, listen, if you come to camp, it's going to change your life, which camp doesn't actually change your life doesn't it might give you a lot of again those really explosive emotional feelings and it might give you the sense that there's something new happening but without something deeper changing in your life there's no real life change that happens however he gave me a caveat he said if you come with an attitude of hearing from the lord and you decide to obey him in that your life will change because God's word is going to change your life, and that's where we go back to, for the first time in this message so far, James four, verse eight. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. That's what my youth pastor was telling me, was that, you know, most of these guys, most of these girls. Obviously, I'm a guy, so I was friends with all the guys. These guys are going to come. They're going to ride around on longboards and eat too many Dippin' Dots or something. And they're going to drink too much Mountain Dew and plug in their Nintendo Switch at 2 o'clock in the morning. and They're not going to get anything from it. But if you come, if you put in a desire to hear from the Lord, He's going to meet you there. And I felt so anxious and depressed and afraid and lost in my sin that I had this interaction with God. I basically said, Lord... I'll give you this one week of my life. I'm going to lay everything else aside and I'm just going to come to camp full of faith that you're going to show up and change my life. I didn't know my right hand from my left in terms of doctrine, in terms of what salvation even really meant in my life. It wasn't... The the terms for salvation weren't on my radar. I just knew that what my family had done for my whole life was go to church and worship the Lord. And so that simple prayer... Um, with that simple prayer, I put my faith into the Lord that He would answer it. And so, I just made my mind up that I was actually going to draw an eye to the Lord that week. And so, sure enough, that week at camp was one of the most formative weeks of my life. Um, And like I said, there were a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings. But pushing through that the preaching was what stuck with me. God's word was preached. I, I don't remember exactly how it all played out. But it started out with, you know, this is who God is. This is creation. This is the fall of man. And there's always that. If you've ever been to like a, a youth camp before, it feels like there's always the the night where sin is the focus. And <laughs> you know, I'm talking about Brock where like, I think the, the illustration was like there were like big like canvas sheets up on the stage, and everyone would walk up and write like like body dysmorphia or like sexual sin or like whatever like things that they were dealing with um, on this canvas board. To where at the end there's like you know all these big worship songs and everybody's doing that simple meaningless physical thing to get in their head that Christ took that all on the cross. For us, He took our sin, He took the weight of it, He took God's judgment over it for us. And that was the first time that I realized that I was a sinner. But simultaneously, I realized that in Christ, um, like David, I think you were saying earlier, that's all behind us. So, that reality of that song that we were singing, that my sin has been erased. I'll never be the same. That became true in my life. So, I'm going to take a drink here real quick. You guys with me so far? That's good. Has anybody else had an experience similar to that? So... At that camp, I never really realized until then that I'd never actually humbled myself and laid my sin down before the Lord. I knew that Christ had come to save us, and I knew that I was deep down a bad person, but I had never surrendered that to him before. And when I did, my life was completely changed. So salvation at that camp, it was only, that's only really the beginning of the story here. Um, That summer when I came back from camp, I was working a job at Sprouts Farmer's Market, which is like a health food grocery store. Does anybody in here like do like bagging groceries or like taking in carts or anything? No? You guys are like so lucky. (laughs) Um, It really wasn't that bad. It was kind of tough in the snow, you know, when you're taking in carts and you have to, like, push all these carts through the snow and you have, like, five million layers on. But that's what I was doing. That was my first, that was my first job in high school. And I didn't particularly like it, but I appreciated it because of the paycheck and stuff, you know. And, but after I got saved, all of a sudden it became one of my favorite places to be. The place that I dreaded, I used to dread being. Every Friday when I got off of school, I had to go to work. I dreaded being there, but it became my favorite place to be because I knew that it was an opportunity for God to use this sort of form of uh, of suffering in my life to teach me to minister to people. And so I used to, or I tried to use work as a place to be in prayer and be talking to strangers, you know, because it's this open environment, it's this safe environment where you talk to people and you will probably never see them again or I'm going to get a new job in however many months or a different job. And so I really went hard into investing in those people, just the things that I was learning from God's word. And now that I was paying attention and being more present in, in ministry and in church, God started putting a message in my heart to share that gospel with the people around me. And uh, the thing is, I wasn't in a great Bible teaching church like Midtown is, right? And like, I know there's some folks that have been at MBT or, you know, now at Living Faith Boston, kind of for your whole life. You have the, uh, the opportunity to hear Bible teaching your whole life. Well, at the church that I was at, there were little pockets of uh, really gospel-centric conversation, but a lot of it was very kind of mellowed out, right? And um, so I was just reading my Bible, and I was just hearing what the Lord showed me and how I needed to serve him, and God ended up at that job giving me opportunities to pray with customers, which was kind of weird. I got to evangelize the coworkers, like I said, and I just learned so many lessons of the faith before even starting discipleship. What's up, y'all? Um, so... When I went back to school for my junior year that year, um, I started sharing my testimony with other students that I was with. And through that, I realized that this girl in my homeroom class had gotten saved that summer as well, but she was actually at Midtown. And I also started to take art classes that year in school. And so I met Brandon Briscoe. I don't know how familiar you guys are with, with Brandon, but Brandon had been this sort of mysterious, brooding, terrifying figure, at least I'm at West High School. <laughs> There's just all of this mystery and legend surrounding him, which is so weird because, you know, Brandon's just a man, um, a man that means a lot in my life. But from spending time with, that girl that was talking to me about how she was actually learning the Bible to actually her introducing me to Brandon, God provided me with this safe net of people in school. I don't know how it could have happened without God intervening and answering the little bit of faith that I had just to read his word and be faithful exactly where I was at. He gave me exactly what I needed to do next. And so... Just to kind of take a pause for a second, I know that when you're in high school, when, you're, when I was a, a teenager, um, I'm still, I'm only 22, so I'm just coming out of my teenage years now, there's so many different choices you make every single day. And even every single afternoon, you're like, what, like, what do I do? But you're also thinking about, where am I gonna go to school? Who am I going to plant my roots with? Who am I gonna settle down with? What is my trajectory in life? And God really showed me that the trajectory of my desires and my ambitions didn't actually matter. But as soon as I started getting faithful to just coming to Him daily and spending time with Him and giving Him my heart, He like just revealed all of these paths. And they weren't the exact paths that I wanted at the time. But they always make sense. Looking back, I see God leading me in this direction. And that's how God is going to lead you as you continue to just faithfully take the little things that he gives you and move forward with it. Does that that make sense? Are Are you guys with that? So, where am I at here? So, during that time in school, all of a sudden I was given the opportunity to have weekly Bible studies with other students. We would all go to the coffee shop on like Wednesday mornings before school. We had like late start before school. So you had some extra time and we would use that time to all study the Bible together. We all got to share prayer requests and invest in other students together. And my favorite part of the whole thing was always staying after school and asking Briscoe as many questions about the Bible as possible. And so that's something else that I want to impress upon y'all as we go through this message is that it is so important to have someone in your life to ask those questions to and the mistake I made was perhaps abusing his free time when I was in high school and I maybe don't recommend that but it's so good to have a disciple or a mentor a parent in the faith even if it's your own parent even if you're asking someone questions if you're Bringing those curiosities, even those doubts, to someone else who's older and more experienced in the faith than you. You grow so much, you learn so much, and you learn how to be accountable with uh, other more sanctified, more experienced believers. And so, moving on, as I continued on with my friends that were also learning the Bible with me in school. Some of those people came and went. Um... One of the first big things I was able to see God do in people that were close to me was see my wife now, Jaden, get saved in high school because there were a few young people going to Midtown and they were kind of like cheating and like being in high school but going to Kaya for some reason. Um, I think it was just because Brandon was ministering to them. But this girl just spent time with Jaden. She took Jaden out to the coffee shop She uh, listened to her. She kind of did exactly what I've been seeing uh, Mitch, right? What you've been doing with all these guys in here is just like loving on them. And in a very simple way, just showing the heart of Christ. That he is a father. That he, you know, for for the ladies in this room, a mother. That there is... um, there's just so much power in showing people love and giving them your time because that's what Christ did with his disciples. That's what the lineage of disciples has has demonstrated in their faith is that it is an investment process. And so watching Jaden get invested in, it was uh, she was just hearing the story of Christ and experiencing his love from other people and she decided to trust in Christ. And so... That was a huge moment for, for me in high school was just seeing God actually move and seeing fruit actually develop from our relationships with the Lord. Because previously, I had thought that I was a Christian, I was going to church, I was doing ministry things, and I wasn't seeing lives actually be changed. But again, like I'm probably just going to keep saying it, when you draw nigh to the Lord... He will draw nigh to you. And that works and that happens in a lot of different ways and different facets. Sometimes you get to lead someone to the Lord and they become a leader for other people years down the road. Sometimes you are in a situation in life where, like I did, you felt anxious and depressed and confused and like nothing is working and God's promises show you exactly the path to go. But without God's word, without fellowship here with each other, without obeying it, that fruit doesn't happen. And so I was seeing that the process that God laid in place for me was actually working. That the promises of God are actually true. You guys see that? That the things that God lays out in his word, when you are obedient to them, they become a reality in your life and the lives of people around you. No matter if, you know, if you're the, the Mulos and you've been here for a few years with the jobs that they have, or you're in school, or you're someone like Jeff or Brandon who works here at this church, all of us are taking the little things that God gives to us as we draw nigh to him in his word, and we're using them in faith that he's going to bring fruit from it. Um, but to continue on that story, Jaden got saved, and when we graduated high school, Jaden was already coming to Midtown, and I started coming to Midtown as well, and being here, kind of as I was just saying, it just impressed upon me the importance of the local church, that it wasn't just a place that you go, and you sit, and you hear, and then you get lunch afterwards, or you go to Tuesday night prayer and you go home and watch Ahsoka afterwards or, you know, whatever. Like, this wasn't a humanitarian or, like, moral thing that we did. I realized that these were my family and people that I needed in my life and a place that I needed in my life to continue growing in my faith. Just like I was saying earlier, this is a good Bible-teaching church It's such a gift that we have that this is just here for us, you know. And don't take this time that you guys meet together for granted. Don't take people like Mitch and Brock and Jeff and whoever's in here. Don't take them for granted because these are people who are going to help shape you into the person that you want to be. They're people that are going to have your best interests in mind which is a really valuable thing. And that was kind of the next thing that I learned as I kind of started my entrance into uh, learning the Bible, learning the key doctrines. Someone that I met while I was in high school, just before I finished really, was a guy named Montana Rex, who used to serve in here. Now he serves at Living Faithly Summit. Does anybody in here know Montana? It's been... It's been a bit since he's, since, since he's been here. But if you know Montana, if he wants to get your attention, like you, he has your attention. He's kind of an imposing person. And him and I initially bonded when I was in high school over just our shared love of music. He loves music in like a non-discriminatory way. As most people have the type of music that they listen to right you guys have that one type of music that you kind of listen to yep. yeah sometimes it's good to branch out right and and Montana helped me to branch out a little bit and but I still don't really like Avril Lavigne or or the Chicks stuff like that Montana branches out maybe a little bit too much but him and I connected on a lot of levels and again just like Uh, the girl I was referencing earlier spent that quality time with Jaden. he began to spend quality time with me in God's Word and he would meet with me weekly for coffee and something that I struggled with early on in my faith was the security of my salvation and it wasn't that I didn't believe that I could lose my salvation or it wasn't that I believed that I could lose my salvation. It was just that I didn't understand how to live and walk and think in a way that allowed God's grace to move me forward rather than the righteousness of my flesh. And so he introduced me to the book of Galatians. And I don't know what he could have been doing every, you know, whatever, Monday night or Thursday night or whenever we met. But looking back now at how how busy my life is it was so special that he spent that time with me that he sacrificed hours on a weeknight to meet with me and study God's word and sometimes we would go through Galatians and, and learn about God's grace and how that is performed out in our lives or sometimes we would just talk about life or whatever but what I was learning was again like I said earlier that having that person in your life that has had more spiritual experience than you, is a very special, very valuable thing. And you should seek that out whenever you can and really allow people who want to invest in you to invest in you. Because the time that I spent with him was so formative to getting me here, getting me in a place where I was able to say, I don't have any other agenda than to obey God in my life. And something that has kind of stuck with me since that time is this verse, this passage really 2 Timothy 2 verses 1-2 through 2. Um, you don't have to turn there because I'm just going to read it but we have this up on our wall in the main sanctuary and it's so important to everything that we do here it's Paul talking to his disciple Timothy it says, Thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And what I realized that people like Montana and Brandon, later Jonathan Kindler, investing in me, that was a work of God's grace. It wasn't a work of their maturity or their skill in God's word. It was just a work of God's grace. And if it was a work of God's grace, then it could be a work that was done in me as well. And so those days, those evenings, talking in Montana, they helped me to realize and be encouraged to invest what I was learning into people even more. You guys still awake? Yes. Is that Mountain Dew in there? <laughs> that, would be, that would be crazy if it was. It kinda looks like Mountain Dew with this green water bottle. I think I've had like just enough caffeine. Is that a thing? Like do you guys like Mountain Dew? They drink every bit of what we So so you do? You're just ashamed to say that you that you like it? I genuinely don't like Mountain Dew. It like I don't like I don't like the flavor of it. I actually had Red Bull for the first time the other day. And that was like the first and the last time to have Red Bull. Um, Yeah. So, as I became really encouraged to continue sharing my faith with other people, I started getting full of faith and taking verses like, 2 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 2, taking verses like James 4, 8, and really praying those over people that were close to me in my life. And one of my really close friends in high school is this guy named Chris Teeter. And Chris and I made music together. We played in a band together. And we played songs by, like, um, uh, Cage the Elephant and Weezer. And... um, (laughs) Stuff like that. Um, And I invited him to church. um, And this was when I was still at the church that my family was going to. um, But again, just taking what God had given me, I just invited him to come to church with being here, God's word. And he took me up on that invitation. And he was really excited about it. But he saw it very similarly to how I had previously saw it as this just sort of moralistic Wanting to be a better person idea because little did I know he was dealing with sin in the same way that I was dealing with it before I got saved. He was weighed down by it. He was struggling with addiction and he was hiding that in his flesh. And he was kind of just staying afloat, you know. But over the coming months, Chris and I would continue playing in a band together, making music But we would also spend more and more time talking about the Bible, talking about church, talking about ministry, because it was all of a sudden something, two big things in our lives we had shared. And he eventually found himself with me at that same camp that I got saved at. And I was able, just through having those conversations with him, through being patient with him, through the things that him and I didn't agree with, things that he actually disagreed with the Bible on, He was able to take that same attitude that I did when I came to camp and just gave that week to the Lord, and God wrecked him. And so I'll always remember Chris crying and just accepting the grace of God for the first time over his life, realizing that it wasn't his good works that saved him, but it was all the finished work of Christ on the cross, He was realizing that he was ill-equipped to handle his sin on his own, and he needed to acknowledge that Jesus had already paid that sin debt. Um, And just with all those other things, there are multiple people that I see in Kaya every single week, where even if I maybe just had one conversation with them in high school, or maybe two or three conversations, and there were other people, other friends that I had that were following the Lord with me, That somehow they have ended up here for the craziest of reasons. And so if there's somebody that you are burdened for at school or at your work or whoever, don't uh, don't put into a box exactly what you think that relationship should look like. Just make investments as God gives you opportunity to and just trust him to save their soul. Because he will and it will almost always be in a very, very surprising way. Um, It's amazing what God can do. And so that kind of wraps up sort of what God did with that time with me. And I don't say all this to say that I had it figured out in high school because the moral of the story really is that I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. I was getting little by little from the Lord. And with those little things, with those little verses, he used me. I was completely unworthy of God using me, and I still am completely unworthy of God using me. But I'm thankful that he's given me the opportunity, which brings to mind First Timothy 1, verse 12, which I think is a verse that we should all uh, commit to memory in one way, shape, or form. It's so important. It says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. It was the work of God and it is the work of God for all of us to have us be useful for him. It's not something that we can manufacture in ourselves. It's really this adventure. It's this uh, sort of like Um, like bumper boat ride, sort of, uh, if I'm going off of what Tobiah and I were talking about earlier, is that you kind of get strapped in and you have to trust that God, where he's going to take you. And there's a piece to that. There is a net to that, to where you don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. But we can just come to God's word expecting for him to be perfect and for that perfection to, to be manifested through our lives in our investment to other people and in our our walk with Him so if you come away with anything one when you trust on the finished work of Christ to save you believing that He died on the cross and shed His blood to pay the ransom and, and, and debt and take the judgment that God had on our sins that He was buried and He rose again three days later when you believe on that your sin is put behind you. The things that, that engender death and fear and anxiety and depression and confusion in our lives, those things are put behind you. I remember those words, my sin has been erased, I will never be the same. As simplistic as that can sound, it is so true. And it's so important for us whether you actually actively have a relationship with Christ right now, or you don't, it's so important for us to remember that every day, that where we've come from and where God has brought us so faithfully and so graciously. And then, secondly, that God can use you. Trust me, guys, if God can use me, He can use you in so much bigger, better, more exciting, and amazing ways. And so what I want to do at this time is, is this an okay time to wrap up, Brock? Yeah. Do How much time do we have left? We've got 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So I don't know what you guys usually do, but we talked about a few key verses in this message. Um, I, I've got to believe that some of you have a similar story or similar things to share uh, as I did. And so let's maybe like break off into small groups and just kind of talk about what God's doing in your life. What are the promises that God's given you that you cling to every day? Maybe those things can encourage somebody in your group that needs those things this morning. Um, with that, thank you guys again for letting me speak. And uh, I'm just going to pray and thank God again for our time. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much um, for enabling us. God, um, I know that I am weak, I am frail. I know that we all are, Lord, and sometimes we're afraid to do the things that your word calls us to do. Sometimes we feel ill-equipped and unprepared. And God, I pray that you would help us to remember that you haven't given us a spirit of fear. God, you've given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, you have counted us faithful. You have put us into the ministry that by your power, by your grace, Lord. And as we go, Lord, help us to trust in that, God, that you would use us as we just simply draw near to you in faith that you will draw near to us. God, I love you. We love you. We thank you uh, in Christ's name. Amen.